following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us, episode 758 of I Doubted Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. So we have um, in-ears in right now, which is my, it's my first time wearing them. Mm-hmm. And well, it- it's like professional broadcasting. Yes, like the fancy, the fancy folks at CNN have the <laughs> the, the the molded in ear, molded to their ear, and in the inside of it. Yeah, and when we had the molds taken, you have to put a foam thing in your teeth to hold your mouth open oh, the whole it, time. That's right. And I think what they should have had us do was smile or laugh for five minutes while it was being taken because, <laughs> it, and I don't know if this is happening for you since it's the first time I'm wearing mine, and you've you've had more experience wearing yours. Does it, I mean, when you smile, it almost feels like it's stuffing it out of your ears. Oh, is yeah. that? It is a little tight. When yeah. You do that. Yeah. Yeah. I've only wore them on the plane when we went to Boise a couple weekends ago. Yeah. So I wasn't smiling <laughs> like a, like a, like a psychopath on the plane the whole time. Yeah. I just think it would have been better. I was reading that the reason they have you put the foam in your mouth is for singers particularly, because yeah. when they have their in-ears in, their mouth is obviously going to be open open because they're singing and that makes sense. But I yeah. think, you know, us, we're like laughing most of the time on the show and smiling and like not being serious. Well, maybe we should grimace more, be, be more dour <laughs> in our presentation. Well, that's actually happening because we're moving. We're moving to uh, Washington, D.C. Who knew that it would be such uh, like I'm not an anxiety ridden <laughs> person. I'm not a stress guy. You're not. You're not. Like to a fault. Like things that I should stress out about taxes, stuff like that. I'm like, eh, it'll take care of itself. Does Much, it? Does it take care of itself? No, it does not. But that's always my ad, or typically my attitude. That must be nice. Much to your chagrin. And uh, I'm stressed out. I am riddled with anxiety because of the move. Which is, I think, maybe a first. I don't think I have experienced that uh, with you. And it, it's strange. I, yeah. I, I remember I hugged you yesterday and I said, you're not in a good mood. And you're usually <laughs> not not in a good mood. Yeah. It was kind of weird for me to experience. Well, there's just a lot. Go- I mean, listen, it's a, it's a every other time I've moved across the country, either my company paid for it or the United States Marine Corps. Oh, they just come in and it's it's a uh, they they move you. They do it. Well, that would be nice. Yeah, and that's not the case here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's one, it's expensive, and two, it's it's I don't know. It's fraught with danger. I don't know. I mean, even listen, because we want to cut down on the cost <laughs> of of the cross country move. Yeah. We are selling some things in the house. Trying to sell, quite frankly, as many things as possible. Yeah, because it cut the, they weigh your shit. That's how they know how much they're going to charge you. Yeah. And so Brittany's using a certain app that we will not name. 
to sell a few things in the house. One being a rower. Uh, we like sold a rower. It's called a hydro. It's yep. a, a rowing machine. It's like a Peloton, but it's a rower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't use it, obviously. And uh, <laughs> just wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. And so the people come over. They pay us cash. Great. The transaction went well. Yeah. But it was heavy as shit. Very heavy. My end of it especially. And then you were like, well, why didn't you have him get the heavy part? And I said, well, that's... I didn't... That would mean I would be backing into their escalator, <laughs> whatever they... I didn't want to get wild billed. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm... You know, it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the fucking hose again. So there's just sure all these little disparate elements that are... You're afraid of being murdered by the people that are buying our belongings. <laughs> Who on... knew? Who knew that a move to D.C. <laughs> would involve me fearing for my life? Yeah. Well, uh, it is, though. It's like it's impacting your sleep. Yeah, you were dreaming about it. Your your sleep is being disruptive. So I have a throbbing, insane headache right now. Still, after a fistful of ibuprofen. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not that you're a low energy Jeb today. It's just kind of the stress <laughs> is... Uh, disrupting your mood, which again, doesn't usually happen for Jesse D. So we're, we're hoping though, as we get closer to it, it's going to be at the end of the year. So we have some time. We're going to start slowly packing and hopefully that will, will help you as we kind of make progress and we start doing the things that we actually need to do, that that will create a situation where you are experiencing less disruptive stress in your life for sure yeah and, and and to be honest listen the closer we get the more um satisfied i don't know if that's the word but the better i'll feel because also it's the next chapter in growing what we built here yeah not only here on the podcast but also more recently on youtube absolutely over the course of you know for the podcast almost eight years i mean this is episode 758 we're back to doing two episodes a week and, uh, you know, the, the YouTube channel has grown enormously. Um, I'm just very excited to get on the ground in D.C. to be able to, you know, the next time there's an insurrection, be on the ground and get some get some some video or talk to some insurrectionists or regular, decent, loving Americans who are protesting and addressing their government, yeah. re- redressing their government anyway. And more like that, like, you know. <laughs> Right, right. Let's not, yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're the next Supreme Court case when people are on the steps of the Supreme Court, that, that, or, that situation. Or Cory Bush spending the night on the on the steps of the Capitol. Absolutely. Those kind of moments. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, don't <laughs> Insurrection. Freak every, let's not freak everybody out, yeah. especially Brittany Page, who's already prone to, to feeling a little... Prone to anxiety? Me? Exactly. I don't think so. Exactly. So, speaking of prone to anxiety... Another beautiful segue by yours truly. <laughs> uh, let's get to some calls. Uh, we've got a couple of emails and some voicemails to get to. Uh, most of the communication, especially related to voicemails, is about the Rittenhouse trial. Where should we start? What's going to be the best order of things? Brittany Page. Uh, well, let's start with an email All right. from a listener. Hey, Brittany and Jesse, I've finally gotten my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, and I'm nervously excited about it. Although I wish I had gotten it sooner, my family who tried to do everything short of saying no not to get it, examples include telling me about how homeopathy is better or how the (laughs) mRNA founder is against it. He's not. Sometimes it's lonely being the only left-leaning person in my family. I'm 
strongly considering a move to Rotterdam in the Netherlands, as I don't feel there's anything left for me in the United States besides finishing college. As always, thanks for being a lighthouse in the sea. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Keep on keeping on, Chase. Keep on keeping on. Well, thank you, Chase. And thank you for your the lovely simile slash metaphor. I've never been... Maybe he's talking to you about being a being a, a lighthouse in the sea. Listen, this is a shared endeavor. I think we're both. We are both the lighthouse in the sea. And congratulations, Chase. Make sure you get your booster once your six months rolls around. And if you are out there and you can get a booster, please get a booster. It's very important. And the rules right now are really confusing. Some states are not following the CDC guidelines and saying anyone uh, who can get a booster should get a booster. I think we're going to start seeing more of that. So if you can, wherever you are, get a booster. And right now, the Biden administration through the FDA is weighing the likelihood. They are weighing the decision to make boosters um, available to all adults across the country who are eligible. So that that's a good thing. I think that's likely to happen. Yeah. Uh, Fauci has been banging the drum about that for a while. So, uh, but yeah, you know, one thing uh, also finish college, Chase. Absolutely good idea. And maybe by the time you're done, you'll feel a little differently because I can tell you what, America needs you more than Amsterdam does, uh, especially in these turbulent times. We need every liberal on deck to cast their vote and uh, stay active in politics. So thank you for the email. We appreciate it very much. Uh, let's drop the phone number one time. Not one time. It's going to happen a lot. That's my cue. It is uh, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can also email us. Or email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's also just add to that that you should follow us on social media. So we have an I Doubt It Facebook page where we share news updates throughout the day, uh, tweets that make us laugh, tweets that make us angry, uh, memes that make us laugh, memes that make us angry, whatever it might be. It's internet content. It's good. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dollamore, of course, is Jesse D. And at Brittany E. Page is me. Fantastic. So, should we go to the next email or get into these written house calls? Let's get into the calls. All right. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. It's Marissa. Listening to the recent things from the written house trial just infuriates me beyond reason. Hearing curfew get thrown out because there wasn't legal proof that it was a thing. Yeah. Well, being here in the Twin Cities area last year where people were rounded up like a mob, like criminals, and maced and shot at for standing on their porch during this supposedly enforced curfew. And knowing that friends of mine were put on buses that were closed and had no ventilation when they had mace on them, which made them throw up, and they were left on there for hours, and they were left outside Cold. They were left outside in the cold while police stations made them sit on the curb all night and didn't even let them use the bathroom. And the journalists who lost an eye and everybody who was punished without repercussion for standing up for civil rights and everybody who suffered. And once again, video of people getting shot at for standing on their porch. And this motherfucker can walk in with an assault rifle and it's okay because of the barrel length? 
or he can shoot people in self-defense, but people who were standing around here were shot at and maced for no reason other than the documented entertainment purpose of the Minneapolis Police Department. I can't take the hypocrisy because the same people are saying, well, if you didn't want to get shot and arrested, you shouldn't have gone out after curfew, are now suddenly, oh, curfew's not a thing. It's not enforceable. It's yeah. not legal. Either they don't know they're being hypocrites or they're willingly being hypocrites because what repercussions do they have to face? Does calling these people out on their hypocrisy ever matter? We've seen people like Lindsey Graham. No, it definitely doesn't matter when you play them saying the exact opposite thing. They just don't give a shit about anything but themselves, their religion, and people who look like them. And if any people, if people of color, if trans people, if queer people, if liberals do any of these things, they are punished, and the same people justify it righteously and condemn what America has become. But this crocodile tear crying motherfucker can sit up there and fake cry for the camera and we're supposed to feel sorry for him? No. These are the same motherfuckers who came over here and pretended to be Antifa to start half of these fires that everybody's supposedly so afraid of and were driving around with unmarked cars and capturing people and assaulting them and I just can't take it. I just can't take it. Weedily D, motherfuckers, this is the world they want. They can do whatever they want without consequence, but they can punish anyone else for doing the exact same thing. They love freedom for themselves, and they love to deny it for the exact same reason to the people they don't like. I can't. I just can't. Anyway, sorry to rant. Love you both. Bye. So that Weedly D is definitely more of a, we- a Britney Page Weedly D. Weedly D. <laughs> and, and definitely not a Jesse D Weedly D. Yes. Weedly D! Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Two things. One, brilliant point about the curfew. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. And then two, the other, um, Marissa, she brought back a bunch of memories of last summer about the egregious behavior of police and federal authorities. Remember Portland, where they wouldn't even identify themselves. They could have just been randos in camouflage, rounding people up and arresting them, not letting them know who they are, what what bureau they represent. Um, There was some reprehensible and disgusting things that were were done by authorities uh, under the Trump administration in the wake of the George Floyd murder. And uh, I'm also done. I'm one, let's say this things have kind of taken a turn with the Rittenhouse trial. We still don't know. Uh, They're, they're, they're out again, another day of deliberations, which is, I think caught everybody by surprise. Right. Um, Including the defense, who after the jury requested right. <laughs> uh, the video that it was already in evidence, the drone footage uh, that there was so much discussion about, uh, made a motion to declare a mistrial. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like what they want to see that footage? No, we want a mistrial because of that footage. <laughs> I mean, it seems like things are not going the way that they thought it would go yeah. either. And I, I think, generally speaking, from the listeners, we heard from a lot of people who thought. Oh no, he's definitely gonna get off. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, and I, I, I felt like that. 
too. I mean, we still don't know what's going to happen, and he very well could be let off. Um, but the fact that they're deliberating. Right, and that it has continued a, for days now. Yeah, it's not an open and closed, oh, yeah, that, that he's he's innocent, and then they make their verdict. It's day after day after day. Mm-hmm. One of the jurors today asked for to take home the jury instructions, which was like 48 pages or something insane. She wanted to take it home to study it. So they're, it seems like they're at least halfway taking the job seriously, which is a, a good sign. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, listen, we, we feel for you, Marissa. We, we, we feel the same way. We share it with you uh, and your, your displeasure with everything that, that is going on and has gone on. What, with everything that's led us here and the hypocrisy of the Republican Party, Rights for, you know, to, to take a page out of Kevin McCarthy's playbook with the, uh, the, the Paul Gosar, his little speech. Mm-hmm. It's freedom for, for me, but not for thee, you know, to reverse what he was saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jesse, you did get a uh, Judge Bruce Schroeder tattoo. But uh, <laughs> as for me, I think I am standing with Marissa. Yeah. And... Te- team Schroeder over here. <laughs> team Judge Schroeder. Yeah. Uh, did you hit- see what he said about... Um, he was talking about like one of his former jurors, and he was talking about. I think he said "a black" yeah. is the phrase well, he, he said used. "A black," and then I think he realized, "Oh, that doesn't sound right." The black, like not much better, dude. It, it reminded me of when Donald Trump was at a rally. Remember when this happened? And he yeah. said, um, "He like pointed Where's at the African one African American." There's my African American yes. over there. Oh my god. god damn. <laughs> anyway, Marissa, thank you for the call very much. We appreciate it. Moving on, same topic, the Rittenhouse trial. Hey, Justin Brittany, this is Paul from Colorado. Um, I was just listening to the latest episode and was jotting down some of my thoughts about this uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, and I really feel like uh, Kyle's going to walk because of the crap pulled by the defense and the judge. I think that since Chauvin was put away, that the powers that be are just continuing their efforts to further white supremacy and what's going on. The situation with the system is something like this. Um, Say in school, you have one kid that acts up. The teacher doesn't know who it is. So to prevent everyone getting in trouble, they blame one kid and move on. The same thing is happening with what's going on. The police, the conservatives, whatever you want to call it, are using, they use Chauvin as like that one person they threw out for because everybody knew how bad he was, everything was going against him. If it wasn't for that camera, he would be free man right now. So similar situation. They threw out Chauvin. He's gone to jail. Good riddance. He was a piece of shit. Fucking hate that guy. Um, Rittenhouse. He's gonna walk because if they said, "Oh, we've you've got your red, you've got your red meat," go away. We don't fucking care. Um, the system. I just feel like the system is rigged. And favorite white supremacy is disheartening. It's sad um, being black. I just, I just feel like they're always going to continue to prevail. I'm, I'm just tired. This fight is just exhausting. I'm. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. I, I just, I can't fucking stand the shit that happens in this country right now. Anyways, um, thanks for all you guys do. Um, and this show is great. You guys are the best. Uh, Brittany's the best part. Thanks. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, I heard a dog in the background. That's the first thing that I want to address. There was a dog. a dog person now. There was a dog in the background. <laughs> so first and foremost, uh, hello to the dog. Uh, listen, and yes, hello. Hello, dog. <laughs> uh, I, I can't imagine 
I mean, I've, I've, I'm, I'm privileged enough with my white privilege to, to not have any idea what it's like to grow up black in America. And I can only imagine what psychic trauma must be endured on a daily basis by witnessing cop after cop after cop, perpetrator after perpetrator getting off. I mean, we're watching the Ahmad Arbery trial right now, and it's it's it seems like it's going a little better, but it's that one element that runs through this that if not for video, all of these things would have gone a different way, especially with the Derek Chauvin thing. Now, I don't know if I necessarily agree about the. I mean, absolutely, I believe that Chauvin. They do toss out sacrificial lambs, um, but I don't know that there's because every every trial has an individual separate jury. So I don't know that people are like, oh well, we can let this guy off because Chauvin got off or got sent to prison. I, I don't know. I totally understand the sentiment and and the 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 leading thought going there, but maybe my optimism is. Uh, once again, getting the best of me. Can I do a slight uh, correction on a phrase that you used? Yeah. You said the um, um, Ahmed Arbery trial. And there's kind yeah, of... Yeah, that's right. It's not... It's He's not on trial. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so Travis and Greg McMichael and uh, their neighbor, William Bryan. Yeah, William so Roddy Bryan. The, the, for sure, that's an important distinction. Absolutely. What a dumb fuck. I and, shouldn't have... Travis, Travis McMichael is the son. He has been giving his testimony for the past, I think, two days. He took the stand first in his own defense again, <laughs> similar to Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, but he's getting chewed up by the prosecutor. It's not going well. And actually, there's there's uh, strong similarities, not in terms of how the case is being tried, but in terms of the cases with Kyle Rittenhouse and the McMichaels, because... Uh, and I keep coming back to that line that the the uh, prosecutor used in Kyle Rittenhouse's trial in, in the closing arguments when he said, you cannot claim self-defense against a danger you create. Yeah. And that is the same situation with um, Arbery. Yep. With the McMichaels. They went after him. And then he... They're hunting him down in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then he... Yeah. He tried to protect himself. He tried to get the gun away because he was going to be killed. And, and then was. the McMichaels claimed that that meant he was a threat to them, that there was a threat on their life. And you yeah. don't, I mean, you're the one who went after somebody. And then they thought that they were going to get killed. So they, they started also, trying to protect themselves. They also very conspicuously cleaned themselves up. Oh. They don't look like <laughs> hillbillies anymore. I mean, they still look and sound like hillbillies. But it's like, uh, you know, putting lipstick on a fucking pig, if you know what I mean. They got haircuts and, yeah. and beard cuts as yeah, well. The old man, <laughs> the old man, the dad. Yeah. He looked like a like an old sea captain before. And now he's got like a, a super trim goatee, real <laughs> dapper. I don't know that it's going to work. Yeah. But uh, they're trying like hell. Well, I also loved there was a column by um, Farhad Manju in the New York Times, The Truth About Kyle Rittenhouse's Gun. And in it, he wrote, quote, this is the this is self-defense as circular reasoning. Rittenhouse says he carried a rifle in order to guarantee his safety during a violent protest. He was forced to shoot people. He was forced to shoot at four people when his life and the lives of other people were threatened, he says. What was he protecting everyone from? 
The gun strapped to his own body, the one he'd brought to keep everyone safe. So it's the same thing yeah. with it's the same thing with the McMichaels. I keep wanting to call them McDaniel for some reason, but it's McMichael. Just uh <laughs> here, we'll give him some theme music. Uh-huh. It never gets old, I'll tell you that. Glad you got that Anytime out of Anytime I get a chance to use it, I'm going to use it. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Paul, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Uh, look, we feel for you. Uh, know that you're not alone. Uh, there are a lot of compatriots out there who feel the same. And uh, a lot of us who, who strive to be allies uh, to try to make things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so the other piece of business, or do you have an email? We have an email, All right, and then we have one more voicemail. We have this message from Kimba. Hey, Jesse and Brittany, what a week with Rittenhouse, the man-child crying for pity. What a coward and what a moronic judge. What disgusting display of the justice system. Though I just began as a contributor in August, I have been a fan of Jesse on YouTube for about two years. I have tons to comment about everything, but I will pace myself. I promise. I must admit that as a fan of Jesse for a while now, he sounds like my inner voice sometimes, but my reasonable and logical voice sounds like Brittany. Wondering if in the, <laughs> wondering if in a near future you could interview Andrew Seidel from Freedom from Religion Foundation. Maybe talk about his book, The Founding Myth, Why Christian Nationalism is Un-American. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Sincerely, Kimba. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I would love to have Andrew on. Yes, that's definitely a goal for the future. Uh, I want to finish the book first. And Marcus actually sent us that book. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Marcus. Do you happen to have the Hello Marcus drop on the board? I sure do not. Okay. Well, imagine that we played it, Marcus. (laughs) And uh, Kimba, thank you so much. Very kind. Uh, Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. We very much appreciate that. And, you know, we are running that gift, end of the year gift for Patreon supporters. So if you become a Patreon supporter by the end of the year, you get our end of the year gift, which this year is a fridge magnet and we haven't revealed what the design is yet but we have showed it to a a few select friends and people always laugh about it and smile i'm gonna say celebrities not select i'm like what is she gonna say right now we have not showed it to any celebrities Uh, but our friends love it. And so we hope that the Patreon supporters will love it. We always try to do an end of the year gift, uh, just to say thank you for everyone who supports us throughout the year. So uh, become a Patreon supporter by the end of the year and you get a magnet. Uh, okay. So the other part of, uh, we're going to drop the phone number here. 657-464-7609. Of course, email a voice memo. From your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Now I say that because we are soliciting for audience participation in this year's Thanksgiving episode, which yes. is a family friendly, yes. profanity free, all <laughs> positive news episode. And in it, we take submissions from the audience. They they call in or leave a, a voice memo and they tell us what they're thankful for inside of a minute and a half. You just I put music over it. It's oftentimes very touching. It is. Um, I think I've cried every single episode that we've done, which is like seven of them. We have. We, yep. we skipped last year because people just weren't feeling it in the in the midst in the in the grip of COVID. Yeah. 
but we've gotten several submissions, many, many submissions. It's going to be a good one this year. So if you want to take part in that, again, 657-464-7609. Of course, email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. One more thing. Uh, do not tell us how much you appreciate us. We love it. Thank you very much. It's not that we're like, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's just that it, when, you know, 50 people call in or however many people we play. Yeah. Um, and everybody says the same thing. It kind of takes away from the, all right, get past this. You don't have to say your name. It's all anonymous. So in the spirit of that, is this an outtake? Is this a blooper? This is a submission that we're not going to play because the rules were not followed. Yes. I have to add that I'm thankful to David Pakman for <laughs> hooking me up with Jesse and Brittany when he was on his European vacation. And I have so enjoyed listening to the two of you. And I know I'm not supposed to thank you, but I'm not. I'm thanking David Pakman. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I will. I will. Uh, I'm actually. I was not. I just had the thought to say it. I thought, why don't I just do it? I'm going to forward that on to David. Yeah. So David will, uh, unless he ignores my email, he will. Uh, he will hear that. Yeah. Um, thank you for not following the rules. Yes. No, that is very, very nice. And uh, we got a nice laugh out of it. We very much appreciate that. And we're happy that you found us through David Pakman as well. That's yeah, awesome. For sure. It was a good time. We in, did we did August. his bonus show together. So that was like right. for his paid subscribers, I believe. People who are members. Yeah, membership. And so yeah. It, it only went to like a select group of people. Yeah. Not everybody on the channel. That's you see. right. Yeah. They were, it was behind a paywall or unlisted or whatever. They get sent to links. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that was a good time. Yes. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you both for the Thanksgiving episode, but also to call in and get your voice on the record, your opinion. Part of what we do here and we are passionate about is moving the conversation forward. And in, in, in the spirit of that, we want to amplify your voice with the platform that we are very blessed, very lucky to have. Again, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right. Moving on, uh, a little positive news. I think we should cover the, the Britney Page thing. It's, or Britney uh, Spears thing. Wow. Uh, the Britney Spears uh, news. We, get, we got requested this a lot. I don't think we really talked about it at all. I think we talked about it again on the uh, bonus show for David Packard. Oh, right, right, right. But I mean um, here on, on the most important program. Yes. The podcast. Yeah. Maybe one time. I don't know. I remember talking about it a little bit. I don't know. But uh, Britney Spears is free. She is free from her conservatorship. And she actually, you know, there's been a lot of uh, speculation about whether or not she was, you know, secretly communicating messages through her Instagram to her fans, to the Free Britney movement. Um, a lot of people kind of reading into certain things that would be in her photos or in her videos. But now there there doesn't need to be any kind of secret messages. She's actually speaking for herself and put up her first Instagram video answering what she's going to do now that she's free. What am I going to do now that the conservatorship's over with? Britney Spears breaking her silence, speaking out for the first time since the end of her conservatorship, posting a video on social media. I've been in the conservatorship for 13 years. 
long time to be in a situation you don't want to be in. Um, so I'm just grateful, honestly, for each day and being able to have um, the keys to my car and being able to be independent and feel like a woman and um, owning an ATM card, seeing cash for the first time, being able to buy candles. Spears ultimately giving thanks to her fans who fought for her independence. In the Free Britney movement, you guys rock. Honestly, my voice was muted and threatened for so long and um, I wasn't able to speak up or say anything and um, because of you guys and the awareness of kind of knowing what was going on and delivering that news to the public for so long, you gave it awareness um, to all of them and um, because of you, I honestly think you guys saved my life in a way. Brittany also attaching a caption to the video calling the conservatorship demoralizing and degrading, adding about her family, I'm not even mentioning all the bad things they did to me, which they should be in jail for. Many people have asked about whether we will continue to investigate Mr. Spears. The answer ultimately is up to my client, Brittany. Her attorney, Matthew Rosengard, addressing a continuing investigation. Jamie Spears has always denied any wrongdoing in running his daughter's conservatorship. We reached out to his representatives asking for comment about the claims Brittany makes in the video and caption, but we've not heard back. Britney's new video already racking up over 8 million views. The pop star hoping her story will help others. I'm here to be an advocate for people with real disabilities and real illnesses. Um, I'm a very strong woman, so I can only imagine um, what the system has done to those people. Um, so hopefully my little story, um, hopefully my story will make an impact and um, make some changes um, in the corrupt system. So it's nice to hear from Brittany herself and hear her describe her freedom and how she's enjoying living the way that she should have been living for the past uh, 13 years. And and listen, uh, this is not important because she's a celebrity, although I do hope that the fact that she's a celebrity and has uh, brought uh, some kind of a spotlight onto this issue... I hope that it does trickle down to regular people mm-hmm. um, and who are being abused by the system. You know, the elder abuse is a problem in America. And uh, I, hopefully that, that some people find some some uh, liberation because of the, the, the light that she's had on this uh, topic. Well, and conservatorships can kind of be this like self-reinforcing cycle because if a conservatee is like struggling under a conservatorship, that can be considered evidence that it is necessary. Yeah. Um, but then if they're doing well under the conservatorship, that can also be framed as yeah. evidence that the conservatorship See, is working. It works. See? Right. Yeah. And so what I'm worried about, and I've already seen comments about this from, you know, random trolls uh on the internet. Saying things like, you know, what's the over-under on Britney Spears, you know, losing all of her money and making bad decisions. And listen, everyone else is free to make bad decisions. Um, And (laughs) she has been uh, disempowered for 13 years and she may stumble. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's evidence that she needs to be under a conservatorship. Um, And I think that we all need to be careful of using that line of reasoning right that if she stumbles or if she makes some mistakes that it's like oh this meant that the conservatorship needed to happen yeah i mean look look, like mc hammer for instance a guy who because of his generosity just burned through almost all of his money he he didn't need a conservatorship i mean no, no one's calling for a conservatorship there 
it, it's the same thing with her. She should have the, the, the freedom, like everybody else, to succeed or to fail on her own because she's clearly, I mean, clearly, I'm a layman. I'm not, not diagnosing anybody, but she, she has her wits about her. I don't know. It, it struck me when she said that she's just thankful that she gets to go to an ATM and have cash. I mean, right. she's worth tens and tens of millions of dollars. Absolutely. And not able to have cash. Not able to have her money that she's been earning. I mean, that's what you just said. Yeah. Like, even though you're not an expert and, you know, you can't make the decision on, like, her cognitive functioning, it's still evident that she was capable of earning yeah, millions right. and millions of dollars and employing yeah. all of these people around her. So incompetent that she needed a conservatorship that enriched her father. Right. But not incompetent enough to do show after show after show in Vegas earning tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, so it sounds Get like the fuck out of here. it sounds like the attorney she has now is really doing right by her and going after the people who have yeah. wronged her. So uh, I hope that she gets to live out what, what she's wanted to do for the past 13 years and buys all the candles that she wants. Because, <laughs> I mean, candles are awesome. I also love candles. So get those candles. Get those candles. All right. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you very much. Moving on. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners oh, just yeah. like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Don W. Don W. Courtney N. Courtney N. Mark V.O. Mark V.O. Miss Jesse G.T. Miss Jesse G.T. Eric D. Eric D. David T. David T. And Jose S. Jose S. Thank you very much to our new Patreon supporters. You know, all of those people that I just named are going to be getting the magnet. So, fridge magnet. The fridge magnet. So congratulations to you. Uh, you'll also be getting... <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Take a beat. Did you hear that, everybody? Congratulations. Congratulations to you. You are also... <laughs> Uh, you, you're also going to be getting the welcome stickers that everyone gets when yeah, they yeah, yeah. Uh, initially join Patreon. Are you okay? I smashed my face into the microphone like I've never talked into a mic before. Uh, so thank you very much. And remember that uh, our monthly Patreon hangout for those in the Patreon hangout tier is this coming Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So if you are in the Patreon tier for the hangout, which is a Zoom hangout, uh, the link goes out at that time. You click join. You join the hangout. It's me and Jesse. It's listeners from all around the world. Um, we just talk about the weather sometimes and uh bowling bowling and uh like if we, we drink sink water or we prefer bottled water you know all kinds of things come up that's right but not politics we don't talk about politics please we often talk about politics <laughs> but there's no agenda i think that's the that's the, the the under the overriding point that you want to get to is that Sometimes people show up and like, what the hell is this? No, my point is be prepared for weather talk. So come prepared. We want to know what it's like, where you live. Come prepared. Fantastic. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for all your support in every way. We love you and appreciate you very much. Moving on. 
Dalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So let's talk a little bit about the trial of the McMillans. McMichaels. The McMichaels. Why can't we get it right? Well, you know what it is, I think, is I don't... I don't care. I don't. Well, I don't care what their fucking name is for sure, but I don't dedicate time and precious. Like I, I have enough problems going on in my brain. I don't need to fill it with the names of random killer racists. You know what I mean? Allegedly. 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 Yes. I have that here. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> A fucking allegedly. Yes. You're very right, Brittany Page. Yes. So, um... I usually am. But I want to talk... I, I, th- there is... We want to play this clip that talks about the Georgia murder statute mm-hmm. and how it's affecting what's taking place in the trial right now. Yes. McMichael is being charged with murder and other crimes, along with two other men. The accused say they were attempting a citizen's arrest on Arbery, suspecting him of robbering a nearby house. Prosecutors allege the men illegally chased down and killed Arbery. On the stand today, McMichael described the moment he shot the man, claiming it was done in self-defense. I shot. Why? He, he had my gun. He, he struck me. It was obvious that he was, uh, it was obvious that, that he was attacking me, that if he would have got the shotgun from me, then it was, uh, this is a life or death situation. And I'm going to have to, to stop him from doing this, so I shot. We should say the prosecution has disputed that characterization of the events. Joining me now is Margaret Coker. She's editor-in-chief of The Current, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization in southeastern Georgia. She's been covering the trial in Brunswick since it started last month. Margaret Coker, great to have you on the news hour. So we just heard there from Travis McMichael. Can you tell us a little bit more about what he is claiming on the witness stand that that happened in this fatal moment. Yeah, Travis McMichael is, of course, the uh, the younger of the two McMichaels. He and his father are the co-defendants, along with their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan. You know, they, the actions uh, that they took that day are now under the microscope. Um, Travis McMichael has always been straightforward, saying that he killed Ahmed Aubrey. The jury's going to decide whether that was murder or whether that was self-defense. And Travis McMichael took the stand today to try, as he said, put things in his own words and his own context. What it was going through his mind when he decided to grab his gun along with his father and chase Ahmed Arbery through their mostly white neighborhood um, on the outskirts of Brunswick in this small corner of southeast Georgia. Now, what uh, Travis is trying to do is make himself more human. You know, he's a person that has been characterized by the special agents who decided to finally arrest him and his father and their co-defendants. He's been depicted as someone who is a white racist, a white supremacist, someone who had a Confederate flag uh, um, vanity license plate, someone who might have actually used the N-word when he stood over Ahmed Arbery after he shot him. You know, these are the kind of depictions that his defense lawyers say are nonsense, that his family say is nonsense. And so he's been trying to put a human face on the events um, of that tragic day, February 23rd, 2020. The defense also argued this week that they moved for a mistrial and they also said that the all the charges should be dropped. What is the basis on which they're making that argument? 
they say clearly that uh, nothing illegal happened that day. They have always put forward that their clients have done nothing wrong, that they acted both within Georgia law, which at the time allowed for a citizen's arrest, um, and also that they acted in self-defense. They say the prosecution hasn't uh, hit that bar um, even to to um, to show uh, that those crimes were committed. The judge, of course, has denied all of those motions. And so here we have the defendants finally taking the stand. And what do you make of the prosecution rested, rested its case earlier this week? What do you make of the case? Have they, in your judgment, hit the bar for a murder conviction? Yeah, uh, Georgia has a, um, a different uh, murder statute than other states. There is no different degrees of murder here. It's felony murder uh, or, or malice murder or manslaughter. And so the prosecution doesn't have to prove intent. She doesn't have to prove that someone was a racist when they chased Ahmed Arbery down the street. All she has to prove is that uh, in, in the heat of the moment, that there were bad assumptions made, that there were um, two, different, uh, two different sets of opinions happening on the street that day and they willfully killed someone. The citizen's arrest law that's been repealed, you know, that was, uh, there's very clear language that um, people trying to detain a person had to have seen a felony happen or have reasonable suspicion that that happened. Both of the McMichaels and and Brian have said they didn't see what had happened that day. They chased Aubrey for, for bad assumptions. So I think that that is an important distinction that uh, not everyone may be aware of, especially because, I mean, that's not typical in terms of uh, not having to prove intent, sure. right? Um, I want to jump back to something that was more toward the beginning of the clip. Where, I bet we wrote, wrote down the same thing. Where Travis McMichael was on the stand and he said that he, I shot him. And then they said, why did you shoot him? That was his... Uh, defense attorney, and he says he had my gun. He got the gun. He got the gun. So again, this is, you're the one who brought the gun. Yeah. I, like you brought, you yeah. instigated the problem. It's so, so You're saying, stupid. why did you shoot him? Well, he had my gun. Well. He, he got the gun that I was going to kill him with. What was I supposed to do? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just so like watching this happen in real time is so strange to me. I, I, I am struggling to make sense of it. He says he was in a life or death situation because you brought a gun and confronted someone who was doing nothing, who was doing nothing. And they were trying to then defend themselves from you. Yeah. I mean, it seems it is. I mean, listen, it's it's bananas. I, like all of these uh, insurrectionists that are going on trial, some of them, there's been a few of them who have decided to represent themselves. And there's the old adage that <laughs> uh, someone who represents themselves has a fool for a client. <laughs> and it, it, so it's it's pretty rare. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. And now we're seeing it like the, like it's a like it's a fashionable thing, and it seems to be backfiring on uh, what are their names again. Uh, Travis McMichael. McMichael. I don't think Greg McMichael has taken the stand. Greg McMichael is uh, Travis's father. Yeah, it it it's it just a train wreck uh, of the highest degree, and I'm 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 glad that the prosecutor was uh, competent in this case and grilling him and getting to the getting him to admit things that he shouldn't be saying. That's why he shouldn't be on the stand. It's why. We have uh, the Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and not testify ourselves and incriminate ourselves. And he waived that right and took the stand and he's going to suffer for it. It looks like we will see. Anyway, again, we'd love to know what you think. 
657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So the other thing that's happening right now on the floor of the House, I mean, the, the they're voting right now relative to the Build Back Better uh, spending bill. Uh, the CBO, we're not going to talk a bunch about it, but the CBO did score the bill and said that it would add, if there weren't added uh, enforcement by the IRS, it was going to add like $350 billion over 10 years to the deficit. Um, who cares? Not a problem. Not a big deal. Not a deal breaker. Um, in the same moments that were, I guess I am going to talk about it. In the same moments that we're trying to pass a $788 billion one-year defense authorization bill. They're whining about how much we spend to actually better the lives of Americans. Anyway, the other thing that's happening apart from that is the House-censured Paul Gosar, a white supremacist, white nationalist, white separatist, congressman from Arizona today. Only two Republicans joined with Democrats to not only censure him, but also remove him from his committees. So now there are two Republican members of Congress who don't sit on committees. It used to be another one, but he got voted out. Steve King, another white supremacist. The other one is um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. So he posted this video. I'm not going to play the video. But it's uh, an a it's the beginning of some anime cartoon. I don't know anything about anime, but he they like superimposed his face in one of the characters, and AOC's face on one of the characters, and Joe Biden's face on one of the characters. I think there were several faces on the yeah. characters because I think like Marjorie Taylor Greene was in there as uh. one of like the hero. I think so. <laughs> there were other faces for sure in it. I watched it. I don't remember it. I don't know. But at one point during the thing. Uh, he's battling this giant monster, you know, anime style, and it's AOC's face, and he slices the back of her neck off with a sword, depicting her murder. Now, this yeah. hits home for me because there used to be a YouTube channel. There may still be. I'm not sure if they still have a channel. You're not going to promote it, right? No, 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 okay. no. And they depicted my... I still have the video. I downloaded it. I have the evidence of it. Mm -hmm. But they depicted my murder. A cross... A, a cross... Uh, a scope over my head. The crosshairs over my head. The gun fired and then blood splatter. And it is not cute. It is not not threatening. It is absolutely a violent call to arms from a congressman who wields a lot of influence with that particular strain of maniac in the electorate right now. Well, it's also dangerous in the aftermath of the insurrection where people yes. went to the Capitol and were chanting, hang Mike Pence, and were looking for Nancy Pelosi and looking for AOC. Um, I mean, it's it's it has to be situated within the context that we're in politically where people are unhinged. And yeah. capable of doing very terrible things. Yeah. I mean, even if we were to look at this from the perspective of this is, we do live it, it, with violence in politics, thanks to Donald Trump normalizing it. Even if that weren't the case and, and, and like in, there was no violence, this would be an unacceptable thing. He should be expelled from the body. He should no longer be representing an electorate because it is unacceptable it is immoral it is it is diabolical it's sinister 
to do what he did. So I'm going to play a, a couple of clips here. One is Jackie Spear, congresswoman, I believe, from here in California, uh, also a victim of political violence. She was a congressional staffer during the Jonestown um, debacle in French Guiana. I think that's where that was. Hmm. And her boss, Congressman, I think Ryan was his name, he died. They shot him like 45 times, shot him to death. She was shot multiple times and survived. So she has been the victim of violence at the hands of a cult. Now, there's a new cult on the scene. It is the Republican Party. It is Trumpism. And they, too, traffic in violence and threats of violence. Here's Jackie Spears summing it up pretty nicely. We're here today because a sitting member thought it was okay, okay to post a deranged animated video of himself killing a fellow member of this house and also attacking the president of the United States. That video has been seen by three million people. It was up for over two days before it was taken down. Inciting violence begets violence. Congressman Ocasio-Cortez has become the go-to subject of the radical right to stir up their base. As too often is the case for women of color. It is disgusting and profoundly unacceptable. Tragically, the minority leader has not condemned the video. For eight days, he said nothing. Silence speaks volumes. Silence normalizes violence. Violence against women in politics is a global phenomenon. A 2016 survey by the Interparliamentary Union found that 82% of women parliamentarians have experienced psychological violence. And 44% have received threats of death, rape, beatings, or abduction. The intent of these online threats against women is clear. Silence them. Strip them of their power and discourage them from running for office. The congressman defends his post, published with House resources and posted on his official Twitter and Instagram accounts. It didn't stop there. He sent an email to supporters that weekend stating that the faux outrage was infantile. This is not faux outrage. This is not infantile. And then he went on to say the accusations are shrill and hyperventilating. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to glean that this is gender-coded language. Yeah. Well, and I suspect that uh, just like everything else, if there were to be a similar attack on a Republican... That they would be up in arms about oh, that. Oh, they would, they would not shut up about it. And no. justifiably so if there was a similar uh, threat. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that it would be excused. I'm, I'm just saying that they would be they would be raising their voices and saying that it's wrong. Demanding um, consequence. Absolutely. Yeah. But right now, they're trying to make any excuse. I mean, Kevin McCarthy got up there Ugh. and... I had to I had to mute the TV several times while we watched it because just his voice is just it's like an ice pick in my ear. Just, well, I mean, ugh. it's just bringing up things that had nothing to do with the situation. Yeah, it so, was what about ism? 
on full display from every speaker on the right. Just wasting everyone's time. But I, I mean, there's so many speeches that were fantastic. But I also really liked uh, the speech from Representative Mondaire Jones. And uh, in that, he described how he cannot or we cannot let the Republican Party um, make Congress the only workplace where violence against your coworkers, I think he says, uh, is not a crime, but a credential. Uh, yeah. Madam Speaker, not since the Civil War has Congress operated under the constant threat of violence from some of its own members. But here we are. That is the behavior that Mr. Gosar has encouraged. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, having watched so many of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle incite and then express support for the insurrectionists who nearly killed us in this chamber on January 6th. We cannot let the Republican Party make Congress the only workplace in America where violence against your co-workers is not a crime but a credential. If we don't hold people like Mr. Gosar accountable, we will only embolden the worst people in our politics to bring their fever dreams to life. That is why today we are standing up for the safety of our colleagues, for the safety of Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, and for the future of our democracy. Madam Speaker, I yield back. Fantastic. And I wanted to play a few of these because it really juxtaposes the, the depth of the bench on either side of the aisle. Because you got Jackie Spear speaking passionately. You got Mondaire Jones making a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got people like Lauren Boebert, who is just making an asshole of herself. Or opening her mouth and removing all doubt from the American people of just how much of an asshole she is. The speaker has designated the floor to discuss members' inappropriate actions. Shall we? The Jihad Squad member from Minnesota has paid her husband, and not her brother husband, the other one, over a million dollars in campaign funds. This member is allowed on the Foreign Affairs Committee while praising terrorists. A Democrat chairwoman incited further violence in the streets outside of a courthouse. And then the cherry on top. My colleague and three-month presidential candidate from California, who is on the Intelligence Committee, slept with Fang Fang, a Chinese spy. Let me say that again. A member of Congress who receives classified briefings was sleeping with the Florida. enemy. This is unacceptable, and this would never Gentlemen, his be... time's expired. Gentlemen from Florida. It is just... It's like having... A junior high asshole, a, 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 a student, like the class clown, as a member of Congress up there thinking that they're cute, thinking that they're making points, thinking that they're they're really killing it. Um, so what came to mind for me is I certainly agree with everything that you said. I, I know it sounded like I was getting ready to defend her. Please, I'm not doing that. Um what I'm thinking, <laughs> what I'm thinking about, I was ready for. It's like, oh, what? What's no, going to happen? No, here? no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about, and I know we talked this, about this on the last episode, which was not recorded for YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now and you're like, wait, what last episode? 
Remember, we're recording like every other one on YouTube right now, so you may have to go look for it elsewhere on anywhere you find podcasts. But we talked about uh, Joe Biden signing the infrastructure bill, and in his speech before he signed it, he uh, emphasized bipartisanship. And he thanked Mitch McConnell. He, uh, I mean, he used the word bipartisanship, uh, and, bipartisan. And Kirsten Cinema too, but Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Republican. Yes, several times. And I and guess... Rob, Rob Portman, too, sorry, another Republican. I guess that's what came to mind for me, is listening to Lauren, Lauren Boebert, who is completely unhinged, and trying to juxtapose like Biden's um, very optimistic take and emphasis on bipartisanship, when we are at risk of losing our democracy, yes, a- to these people, right, to the Lowen Lauren Boberts of the world. I don't know what is wrong with me and her name. Um, it's what's wrong with her name? You, you're fine. Or uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, or I mean. Paul Gosar, pick a Andy name. Biggs, Mo Brooks, Matt Gates. There's Donald re- Trump. I mean, pick a there's name. There's dozens of them. Pick a name, and uh, which, which indicates that she's not French. She's not extreme. There is no extreme right. It's the right. Well, you know. Well, yes, because Donald Trump is still the guy. Yeah, he's still the one that everyone wants, that everyone is trying to support, that everyone's trying to cozy up to. That make everyone... sure not to make mad. Yeah. And so I, I'm just, I'm thinking of that moment and wondering what's the plan to deal with these people who, uh, in a situation where you're talking about censuring someone who's threatening violence against a coworker, another member of Congress, and uh, you get Lauren Bobert up there who starts on this <laughs> unhinged yeah. rant. I mean... I, I, unhinged. I, I use unhinged a lot, like in YouTube titles and YouTube thumbnails. But it's it's about as apt as you can get related to, to anybody to call her unhinged. She really is. Uh, just, none of that was based in reality. None of... In fact, that's why we're not even going to address it because you have to go down miles of rabbit holes to find out even whatever <laughs> kernel of half-truth that she's talking about. Yeah. It's all complete lies and bullshit. It is subterfuge. Yeah. Just just obfuscating from the facts and the truth. And what aboutism? Rather than either defend the Paul Gosar thing or, or, or vote against him... They, what about all all this stuff? Right. Ugh. Absolutely. Just gross. Speaking of gross, I was going to play Paul Gosar. I'm not going to do that. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Um, Another, and here's another thing. This really points to exactly where we are with the Republican Party right now. And that it is not hyperbole to say that there is no regular right wing and then an extreme right wing. Right wing's right wing. It's all extreme. Here's John Kennedy, a senator from from, uh, Louisiana. Yes. Uh, was questioning the comptroller nominee. Pick for currency comptroller. Yeah. And uh, she was born in the Soviet Union as a, as a baby. Was born there. Her, she was born as a baby? Well, I was saying that, yeah, she was born as a baby. Oh. Unlike me, who was born fully adult. Interesting. Bearded, belly, everything. <laughs> this hair came straight out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, except it wasn't gel that kept it like this. It was placenta stuff. You know, <laughs> gross. So, 
So anyway, he's, whatever it takes, he, because it's a confirmation hearing, he's at, the, you know, the, everybody gets a round of questions. Sure. And he starts attacking her. Yes. For membership in a student communist group, which in in the USSR, in the Soviet Union, you didn't have a choice. She was a kid and he's acting like she was some active member high up in the communist party. <laughs> it is he seriously every time he talks I want to scream at him, put your teeth in your mouth, dude. Put your dentures in cuz he just even though he he has his teeth in, he looks like a guy who doesn't have his teeth in. It's neither here nor there, but it just it I got I it came into my head I had to say it. Here's the 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 noble gentleman from across the aisle, John Kennedy. You used to be a member of a group called the Young Communist, didn't you? Senator, uh, are you referring to my membership in the youth communist organization while I was growing up in the Soviet Union? I don't know. I, was, I just I wanted to ask you that question. Well, Senator. I mean, that's a very honest response. It's a very honest response. Are you referring to this? I don't know. I just wanted to ask you that question. Yeah. Fantastic. There was a group called the Young Communists, and you were a member. Is that right? I'm not exactly sure which group you're referring to. Well, the formal name of it is... The Leninist Communist Young Union of the Russian Federation, and it's also known as the Leninist Komsomol of the Russian Federation, and it's commonly referred to as the Young Communists. Were you a member? Notice, I just noticed this just now. Mm -hmm. He's saying it's called, it is called, Acting as though it's a present day organization, that it's something that mm. exists right now. Yeah. But this was something, she's an old lady, and he's talking about something that existed. That's not a pejorative. She's old. She's an old lady. I didn't say anything. Anyway. Uh, and Nothing was said. Play so, the tape back. So it is. <laughs> I don't have the technology to play the tape back. <laughs> so, so he's painting it. I mean, it's all by design. Yeah, yeah. He's a disingenuous clod. I would play the banjo music, but I want to play the rest of the clip. Senator, I was born and grew up in the Soviet Union. Yes, ma'am. But were you a member of that organization? Everybody in that country was a member of the Komsomol, which was the communist youth organization. Because so, so you, that were, was, you were a member? That was a part of normal progress in school. Yes, um, did you, have you resigned? Have you resigned? From the, youth, from the young communists? You grow out of it with age, automatically. Did, did you did you did you send him a letter though, resigning? <laughs> Senator, this was many many years ago. As far as I remember, how the Soviet Union worked was at certain age you automatically stop being a well, member. Could, of could you look at your records and see if you can find a copy I mean, of Senator your? Senator Kenny, I don't I don't interrupt. I almost never interrupt these, but. Well, you always Professor, interrupt me, Mr. No, actually, I don't. I'm, not I nearly as many pursue, times I as I'd like to. No, I, I, she, she renounced her Soviet citizenship. Well, I understand that. It is. I, I, mean, I don't know how sometimes these um, nominees go through the confirmation process uh -huh. without just looking them straight in the eye in this case and saying, Senator Kennedy, 
why are you such a dumb fuck? <laughs> it is a remarkable. I mean, it, it 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 the oxygen gets sucked out of the room. He's so stupid. Well, at a certain point, it it is it does become a question um, for me. I would phrase it a little bit differently. Of, you wouldn't ask why are you such a dumb fuck? No, I mean I would. You're but, classy laid. Well, classy laid, Brittany. Page. We won't talk about some of my stories, but um, <laughs> please let's do. No. <laughs> We will maybe in the future, and I'll come on. I'll come on, and you can like distort my voice, and you can like uh, put me in the shadow on YouTube. Yeah, that'd be good. (laughs) And then I'll admit some of the things that I have told Trump supporters in bars in in New Orleans. Um, So, (laughs) what I was gonna say is. It came back um, that I think she shouldn't be respectful. I mean, at a certain point, right? Yeah. Or at least say, we know what you're doing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give him the same level of respect that he's giving you. And that shouldn't be unacceptable. I mean, he's being disrespectful. Absolutely. And I think it would be perfectly fine to address that. And uh, everyone's everyone is noticing it. In in fact, in this next clip, you're going to hear someone who is off camera say, oh, my goodness, in response to something that uh, Kennedy says. And that is an example of how everyone in that room is on the same page, that what's happening here is disrespectful and is uh, outside of the norm. So I think it's okay to comment on that and uh, respond in kind. I don't mean any disrespect. I, I don't know whether to call you professor or comrade. Oh, my goodness. Senator... I'm not a communist. I do not subscribe to that ideology. I could not choose where I was born. I did not, I do not remember joining any Facebook group that subscribes to that ideology. I would never knowingly join any such group. There is no record of me ever actually participating in any Marxist or communist discussions of any kind. My family suffered under the communist regime. I grew up without knowing half of my family. My grandmother herself escaped death twice under the Stalin regime. This is what seared in my mind. That's who I am. I remember that history. I came to this country. I'm proud to be an American. And this is why I'm here today, Senator. I'm here today because I'm ready for public service. What an absolute disgrace. I don't know whether to call you professor or comrade. Ugh. Well, wasn't this, uh, I mean, isn't this story that Dr. Amarova is describing something that used to be championed? Oh, yeah. Something that used to be praised? Someone who was a dissident, who renounced their Soviet citizenship. It was, this is Reagan era, Reagan era red meat. This is, oh, yeah. They left Mother Russia. They, they they became an American. They're living the American dream. They renounced communism. She did all those things. And still, because she was born there, his inner bigot is shining bright. Right. Ugh. Anyway, we, we don't want to leave. Here's a palate cleanser. This is Elizabeth Warren in the same hearing setting the record straight. Professor Omarova, I know that the giant banks object to your willingness to enforce the law to keep our system safe and that you may cut into big bank profits. So they and their Republican buddies have declared war on you. The attacks on your nomination have been vicious and personal. We've just seen them. 
Sexism, racism, pages straight out of Joe McCarthy's 1950s Red Scare tactics. It is all there on full display. Welcome to Washington in 2021. She's not wrong. Elizabeth Warren, once again, is not wrong. I just love her. Yeah, listen, I'm at a loss. We watched this today, and it was... A lot of times, rage is an emotion that comes very naturally while watching shit like this. Because this is abuse. This is partisanship taken to the next sinister level. Mm -hmm. Unacceptable. And this is supposed to be the more deliberative body. This is the more respectful body. The Senate, as opposed to the House. Throughout time, you you kind of expect there to be dum-dums like a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Lauren Boebert. Not so many as we have now at one time. <laughs> like There oh. used to be a guy named James Traficant from Ohio who was just a nutsack. Just, what? But now there, there's just so many of them. They're mm. just, they're nutty. So anyway, we, we'd love to know what you think. Uh, sound off about this, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right, moving on. Taking care of biz. I can't, I can't get over. Oh, uh, Abraham Ola Gegi. <laughs> what is happening? Well, I was going to talk about how someone tweeted me and said that, um, I sound like a low energy Jeb when I introduce taking care of biz. Oh. And so now when I hear uh, myself introducing taking care of biz, I I feel like I sound like a low energy Jeb. You think that's low energy Jeb? Listen, I was yelling into the mic. I don't know what else I can do to sound not like low energy Jeb. Maybe we'll we'll make a special intro for the next episode that is comically high energy jeb we could do that we should do the uh the loud uh like sports horn while we're doing it there we go (laughs) okay that one's more important than hello marcus i don't think so i think it is okay so 13 year old abraham ola gaggy i think i'm saying that correctly um was diagnosed with uh a plastic anemia which can be fatal, and he was approached by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And we like to end our episodes, sometimes, not always, sometimes it's an asshole of today, sometimes it's a taking care of biz. We like to, sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but we like to end them on a positive note. Which we are doing today because this 13-year-old is quite remarkable. 13-year-old Abraham Olegregi knows he's different, but he thought it was because he was diagnosed with sometimes fatal aplastic anemia, But that's not what makes Abraham unique. Make-A-Wish said he could go to Disney, get a PlayStation, have a 21-speed bike. Instead, you decided to what? Be homeless. Why? You know, like a PlayStation would be nice, but to me, I just feel like it wouldn't do the justice, like all the pain and stuff I went through. So I just felt like it would have been right to just feed the homeless and just to give back. Mom, what do you think here? It overwhelms me. It just gives me so much joy. A stranger donated life-saving bone marrow 
Doctors say Abraham's now on his way to full recovery. Since he was nine, Abraham has joined his parents and nine brothers and sisters feeding the homeless in Jackson, Mississippi. The Make-A-Wish gift will allow him to plate 700 meals for the next eight months. It's not every day a 13-year-old teaches us a lesson. Most of the homeless people, you know, they had good childhoods. And you just don't know one day you could be homeless. Before you put your nose in somebody else's business, put your heart in their place first. Carrie Sanders, NBC News. Yes, absolutely. So not only is 13-year-old Abraham taking care of biz, but... Uh, So is his family, because they have the right approach there and the right message. And you hear that mantra all the time, that you are far closer to being in the shoes of someone who's homeless than you are to being a billionaire, uh, regardless of who you are and what your station is in life. Yeah, yeah. And I think, Jesse, you and I, having grown up poor, we certainly uh, feel very connected to that idea, knowing that, knowing how bad things can be. And uh, I'm just... It's remarkable. The 13-year-old who would be in such a position, so sick, uh, to have uh, Make-A-Wish come to them and say, you can have anything that you want. And rather than choosing, you know, Disneyland or some sort of toy or, you Some material possession. Exactly. He decided to give. Give of himself and use that opportunity to help make other people's lives better. And how inspirational is that? Yeah, for sure. It is is nice to see... Uh, that perspective passed on. Yes. We talk about it all the time that it is the, the, if not for a couple of bad breaks, we could be in the exact same position. We are tremendously lucky to be where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the, the, the stat was that the, the $400 that like 40% of Americans couldn't handle a $400 emergency unexpected bill right and think about that 40 percent. that was before the pandemic who knows what it is now i I don't know but it it is it it's not just exaggeration to say that many people are just one bad thing happening just one unlucky moment away from being homeless and it's 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 selfless and beautiful and uh hats off to uh to this teen teenager 13. 13 years old. Abraham. Fantastic. Anyway, we're going to end it there. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo as we encourage you to do to idoubtit at dollamore.com from your smartphone. If you want to participate in this year's Thanksgiving episode, tell us what you're thankful for. Take a minute and a half, call or email those numbers and tell us what it is you're thankful for. Make it anonymous Don't tell us how much you love the show. (laughs) Just tell us the things you're thankful for this year. Yes. And know that you will be reaching thousands of people and you very well could be changing someone's attitude or their perspective or just bringing them them some light uh, in what has been a pretty dark couple of years. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.